0: of you know where Manikaland is? mean Manika Seriously, you guys are all Zimbabweans, aren't you? It's one of your provinces. Okay. Eh? How many of you know where Mutari is? How many of you have been to Mutari? How many of you know where Nyanga is? How many of you have been to Troutbeck Resort? Oh. How many of you know that there's a fire? In Troutbeck Resort, going on at the moment. Don't be alarmed, don't be alarmed. There's a fire that's been going since 1951. It's in the fireplace where a fire actually should be. And so this morning, I want to take you on a journey and, and to this supposed Troutbeck Resort, which is just close to Nyanga, up from Mutari, drive up that way, beautiful area. Beautiful, the eastern highlands. Many of those people have never been this side. And many of our people have not been that side. And it's just a really interesting story. The other day, I had friends from Mutari. And, and I think he's like 50-something. Um, he came to visit the Victoria Falls for the first time in his life. Lived in Zimbabwe. Uh, known about this place uh, all of his life. Never been to the Vic Falls. Which is obviously extreme from where he is. But uh, just the point is that we often have these places that we don't know about I've never been to and this morning I want to take you on a on a journey to a destination and I want to ask you to turn with me to a wonderful book and it's the last book of the Bible and by the way when you come to church please try to bring your Bible because particularly this morning I'm not gonna screen the verses for you haha <laughs> You just become quite comfortable sitting back and, oh, he'll put it up there. No, no, you're going to have to find a friend if you don't have a Bible. But if you don't have a Bible, please talk to us. I've often said this. We'd love for you to have your own Bible that you can go through it yourself. But um, this morning, we're going to particularly use our Bibles extensively. Say with me, extensively. It's a big word to wake up people. That's why we don't say, use the word, we don't say to say Bible with me, whatever. That's too short. Extensively will wake up people. From their possible slumber, I hope they're not sleeping. But in Revelation 5, verse 9, I want to see. I want to help you see or show you where our destination is this morning, and supposedly our Big Resort, beautiful resort by the way, um, and it's genuine, it's true that they have a fire going in their fireplace, and it's not ever gone out since 1951. Still going, um, and it's just some of the features. It's obviously not the only thing there. You can go and have a good holiday there. But Revelation 5 verse 9, it says, and they sang a new song. Say with me, new song. Which is the title of our message, by the way. A new song. We're going to talk about that this morning. And so our destination is Troutbeck Resort. But guess what? We've got to travel a little bit to get there. We're not going to go the Gweru route. Sorry, for those of you that are from Gweru. We're going to go Zhivani. We're going to go Masvingo, Virgin of Bridge up there towards Mutare, and then we're going to cut up into Nyanga. So, But the point is, we're going to go somewhere, and Revelations 5 verse 9 talks about the fact there's a new song that needs to be sung, amen, and so that's our destination. And so I want to talk to you about that this morning, because we have, over the last couple of weeks, we're coming in for a landing in our series called um, All Things New, and today and next week will be, basically, it's not a crash landing, it's a proper landing. And we're going to be discussing two more aspects about new. And this morning is is entitled A New Song. And actually the last song that we sang, our list of songs is very much from what we will be sharing. When it talks about the um, saints and the angels um, bowing down and the elders casting their crowns before. And say, you are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. We're going to be looking at that. And so we've been chatting about the new commandment. we talked about a new creation that God has enabled us to become new creatures. And, and because of the new covenant that we've entered in because of what Christ has done for us. And we will celebrate that later on when we have communion. We spoke about new and unprecedented lives. That, that what God has enabled us to come in is completely new. It's nothing related to the old. We spoke about the new way of the Spirit. And, and two weeks ago, kilton spoke about a new commandment that has been given to us and so this morning i want to talk about the things that not the things that god has done but the response that we ought to have so all along we've been speaking about what god has made available for us if you've been around you would have noticed that it's all related to what god has done for us and we can Keep on banking on that and saying, wow, this is great. This is great. Everything that God has done. But somewhere we've got to stop and say, hey, what is my response? What should be my response towards all these things that God has done? And we see something in in chapter 5 and verse 9 at what this response could look like. But before we go there, we gotta go back a little bit into the beginning. So page with me back to Revelation chapter one. And and those of you that are not too familiar with Revelation, because it's some one of the books in the Bible that we kind of skip. Not we don't skip it because it's right at the end. We just don't go there. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 that's like that's strange stuff. It's like lots of things that I necessarily would read. But it's so good to read it. And I, and I trust that we will encourage each other just with a simple message this morning that, that you should be reading this book. Because it speaks about you. Whether you're a believer or not this morning, it speaks about everyone. You're in this book. One way or another, you will find yourself in this book. And I trust that you will find yourself on the right side of what this talk, book talks about. But anyway, I'm not going to go into the whole book this morning. And you're like, phew, thank you, Jesus, eh?" (laughs) hey? Otherwise, we would have had to stay here for a whole week (laughs) to be able to comprehensively go through the book of Revelation. But it's such a beautiful book. And and, and so we see that in verse 1 of chapter 1, if you've turned there, if you've swiped there, whatever thing you have to get there, go there. If you don't have a thing, please bring it. If you don't have one to bring, please ask us. Cover it. It says in rev- verse 1, the revelation of, the revelation of Jesus Christ. So the book introduces us to the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so if we want to ever grow in understanding who Jesus is, it's a great book to go to because it's about the revelation of Jesus Christ. So your revelation of Christ is limited if you don't read this book, by the way. And I know that it's sometimes difficult to understand, but please read it. So he's the, he's the theme. And, and it ends, the whole book ends in Jesus triumphing over sin and the restoration of his rule here on earth and, and, and where a new heaven and a new earth is established. And, and so this, this book is full, full of symbolism. So many things we're like, ah, oh, what does that mean? And why, why this picture? And But it's symbolic pictures of what God's trying to communicate to us. So John was this guy that, that received, it says in verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to Jesus to show to his servants. So God gave to Jesus. Jesus gives to his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John. So God said to Jesus, take it, give it to the angel. The angel gives it to John, and John makes it known to us. So John, it says in verse 2, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Here's a blessing for you. It says, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. Do you ever want to be blessed? It's not a ritual thing, all right? (laughs) It's like, I'm going to just go around and read it loud, and God will bless me. No, no, no. You've got to enter into the reality of what this means. It's like, what are you doing? I'm just reading Revelation, all right? Because God will bless me if I do. There's got to be faith in a little bit more than that. But anyway, there's a blessing if we read this and if we partake of it and and we dig deep into it. And blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. All right? So that's just a simple introduction. The theme of the book is in verse 7 where it says, Behold, he is coming with the clowns. There's a theme. Jesus is a focus and he's coming back. Jesus is coming back. We got to tell each other that Jesus will be returning. All right. The greatest thing that the earth shall, should still experience is not the release of COVID or whatever normal thing you think about, to return. The greatest thing that this earth should still experience is the return of Jesus Christ. And as people, we need to ready ourselves for that. Hence a new song. It then carries on, and and you read in chapter 2 about various letters. By the way, one of the things that's quite prominent in this book is the number. How many of you would know? Which number? Seven. Number seven talks about heaven. (laughs) No, that's not um, supposed to sound like it, but it's just the number seven is quite prominent. You see seven churches. It talks about a letter written to each of these churches with a specific message. It talks about seven seals, seven stars, seven angels, seven trumpets, seven bowls. All sorts of seven things are found in this, each with an incredible message. And so seven churches receive letters in chapters 2 to the end of chapter 3. And then, John has heard this stuff from the angels. Chapter 4, verse 1, we find this amazing thing happen. It's kind of like we know at Mesfingo, right? We've journeyed a bit. We're on our way. You can't, you can't believe it, but it's been quick. Eh? You've kind of gone through all the roadblocks at Mesfingo already. And, and now he's saying... John is saying in verse 1, After this I looked. Chapter 4 and verse 1. After this I looked and behold, a door standing open in heaven. So it's like heaven is opened up for him to peek into. And so where he had all this intro and letters given to the churches to, in a sense, reprimand them and some encourage, he hears he now is allowed to look into heaven. And as John looks into heaven, eventually eventually will see something that I would like to present to us this morning as our proper response to all these new things that God has done for us. So let's let's just see what he sees. Because he's not, the door's opening up. What is he seeing? It's like, how many of you had the door of heaven open up onto you and look into? Like, not too many, hey? But here it is. There's something beautiful that he's going to now start seeing. Look at what he sees. He sees the throne of God, verse two. Amazing. He says, "As once at once as I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne stood in heaven, with one seated on the throne." So the first thing that is re- that is revealed unto him is God's throne. I want to dare to say, you is is God's authority, is God's rule, is revealed unto. Christ speaks to us of the reality that god is in control and i'm not that when we come to god we need to firstly understand that he's god and i need to submit to him i need to humble myself before him and and say god i need to recognize that you are god so this is what he firstly sees it's amazing that that is what is firstly shown to him the authority the governance of God where the sovereignty and the dominion of God is obvious I see that the throne of God then we see further on in verse 4 it says around the throne with 24 thrones and and seated on the thrones with 24 elders clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads and so we see here something again symbolic coming through that the 24, they say, speaks of of the Old and the New Testament coming together. The 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles of the New Testament where the church came from coming together. And he sees 24 thrones and 24 elders standing around the throne. Again, a beautiful symbolic picture. Then he carries on. It says in verse, um, verse 6, Later part of verse 6, it says around the throne, on each side of the throne are four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. And the first living creature like a lion, which really speaks about the king of the wild animals. So it represents the wild animals. Symbolic again. The second creature that he sees is is like an ox, which really is famous for domestic animals. Huh? It's like a mumbe. Right? So he sees that and it refers to that. And the, second, the, the third creature that he sees is the face of a man, which really speaks about humanity and mankind. And then the fourth one is, is the, the creature like an eagle in flight, which really talks about the creatures of the sky. So, all these in symbolic. So, it's in a sense what, what, what John is seeing. He's saying, Wow, I see the whole of creation ready to do one thing. And this is the beauty. In verse 8 in chapter 4. It says, and the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around, speaks of knowledge and within. And day and night, night and day, let incense arise. That's what we just sung. Night and day, day and night. This is where we see it. That in day and night, they never cease to say, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was yesterday, who is today, and is to come tomorrow. The same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Scripture interpreting Scripture. Beautiful. So so John is seeing the, the whole of creation, actually, because these are symbolic creatures that represent the creation of God. And he's saying, what they do? Night and day, day and night, they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord, God Almighty. Start tapping into... Troutbeck Resort, our final destination is what are you and I supposed to do in response to what God has done? The new things that he has done for you and me. Our response is found here, ladies and gentlemen. And so not only do these four creatures do this, but we find in verse 11, and whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, God, who lives forever and ever, God, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns. We sang about it. The 24 elders casting their crowns and saying, before the throne, before the throne saying, Worthy, you are worthy of it all. That's what they're singing. You are worthy of it all. It says, You're worthy to receive glory and honor and power. They worship him here as they created because it says, For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. John is allowed to see this beautiful thing happening in front of him. And God wants to show him something. So that he can communicate that to us now, 2000 years later, that our appropriate response to everything that God has done for us is found in this. We carry on to verse, to chapter five. We now left Birchenoff Bridge. We're on our way to Matari. It says, Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on a throne a scroll written within and on the back sealed with seven seals. So he sees God sitting with a scroll. Modern day, a book, sealed. The content is everything that God has planned and purposed for this earth. And he's seeing, John, I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seal so that the plans and purposes of God can be fulfilled. The angel is shouting, who is worthy? Verse 3, and no one. In heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open to open the scroll or to look into it no one the verse five says no verse four rather it says and and i began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it it's almost like john is saying if, if, if that scroll is not opened, the plans and purposes of God for this earth cannot be fulfilled, cannot become complete. And so he's starting to get anxious that what's going to happen now? No, no, nobody's able, able to open the scroll to break the seals. And and it's almost like so indicative where we often find ourselves and saying, oh my goodness, what we see around us is turmoil and and Pandemics and rumors of war and war and all sorts of things happening. What's going to happen? Who's going to control all of this? And then it says in verse 5, and maybe that's the one thing that we need to say to each other. Find in verse 5, and one of the elders said to me, remember those 24? He said, weep no more. It's something that they knew. There's something that you and I also know today that we've got to tap into and speak about like one of them did. He said to John, John weep no more. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. He's reassured by those in heaven to not weep. And today, may we receive what is in heaven, the understanding of God's plans and purposes, and say to one another, do not weep. Do not be anxious. Because the one who has conquered, he is worthy. And he has opened. And he will reveal. And he will guide us. And he will be with us. And he will never leave or forsake us. we got to say that to one another. We've got to live beyond what we see with our eyes. And so this is then when Jesus steps into onto the scene. I love this. And between the throne and verse 6, chapter 5, and the four living creatures, and among the elders I saw a lamb. My Bible, the L for Lamb, is a capital L. It's the Lamb that willingly offered his life to die for you and me for our sins. He's both a lamb. And there's a lion, a conqueror, but also one willing to be sacrificed. Here the lamb steps onto the scene, standing as though it had been slain with seven horns, which speaks about power, and with seven eyes, which speaks about his old knowledge, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth, Holy Spirit. And he went, there's a a preach in every one of these things. And verse seven, it says, and he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. Jesus goes to the Father, the Almighty God, and he takes the scroll from him. Says, I'm not worthy because of anything that man says. I'm worthy because I'm your son, and I was willing to die so that I can open up this. And when he had taken the scroll, verse eight, Listen to what the the continued response of the four living creatures and the 24 elders is. It says, When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense. Incense are the prayers of God's people. Day and night, night and day, let incense arise. Hey? Day and night, night and day. Our prayers are seen, are heard. And so they bring this, and they sang a new song. And the response that these individuals had, the creatures and the 24 elders, I believe becomes our directive today for this new song. And I'm not talking about a a song that is just a brand new composed and written Song with great words in it, talking about a lifestyle, talking about a lifestyle that says, "God, you've done so much new for me. I want to live with a new song in my heart towards you." And so, here in verse nine, we see we find the very thing that we've been building up towards, that the journey that we've taken all along through Mad South, through Masvingo Province, getting to Manicaland, already trying to find our way to. Tropic resort which is the new song and it continues listen to what it says this new song saying worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain Jesus and by your blood Jesus you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation and you have made them a kingdom and priest to our God and they shall reign on the earth then I looked John again and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels. Numbering myriads, uncountable, myriads of myriads, and thousands upon thousands, saying with a loud voice, This is what they're saying Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard in verse 13, Every creature in heaven and on earth, no one's excluded, yeah? And under the earth and in the sea, and all that is is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Amazing that even in this book called Revelation, we find the word worship appeared 22 times. I just want to say to you that everything that God has done, The new thing that he has done for us has an ultimate expression and response that is required of you and me, which is worship. It's not just a musical moment. It's a lifestyle of worship towards him. And therefore, this new thing that I want to give to him and need to give to him is my life of continued worship. I want, to clearly, I want to show you just clearly what, what we see that worship in this context can look like. And we're going to go through a couple of things and see that worship in this context in chapters 4 and 5 can look like the following. First of all, worship includes movement and music. It's not only. It includes that. It's great to have music. And, and we've had so many thousands of songs written that includes music. And you know what? There's movement. You see them bowing down. You see them taking action. You see them not just standing. Day and night, night and day, let incense arise. You are worthy of it all. I'm not mocking anyone. I'm just saying when we understand who God is, and you see the response of these, it's impossible to stand and just, that was great, oh God, I love it. I don't know why I should stand. I don't know why I should sing. But you're worthy of it all. We can't worship a king that's conquered and is majestic like that. I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe you're an introvert. Maybe you're restricted. Maybe you've grown up differently. But maybe, my friend, you need to have a revelation of who Jesus is. That it can unlock certain things in our lives. That we can truly come to the place where we worship our King, unrestricted. We see further that worship involved prayer. We see that the incense of prayer that was rising constantly. And prayer is a beautiful, beautiful expression of our deep, deep dependence on God. Where we not just pray out of our desperation for God to supply us more, whatever, but a prayer of thanksgiving prayer of praise so prayer is definitely part of that the next thing we see that worship involves appreciating and trusting God to fulfill his plans and his purposes and that's what they were saying as they sang that new song they say we know what God has done we know what he's able to do and my new song is not just a song it is a declaration that I trust him I'm able to trust him because he is Able to fulfill his plans and purpose. He opened the scroll. He is the one who's come to reveal what the plans are. And we can walk into that with him because he is in control. We see further that worship goes beyond nationalism and brings people together. It says from every tribe and language and people and nation in verse 9. There's unity when true worship takes place. Because worship brings people of different race, language, appearance, background, economic position, brings us all together under one. And we want to say, Worthy, worthy are you. The next thing that we see is that worship is is in this context is corporate, it's done with others. So even towards the end of destination of Troutbeck Resort, we've got to understand that we're going to do this together. So might as well start doing it right now, together. And my and friend last week, from, Marnie from Lusaka, spoke about the beauty of the church, that, that the church is, is a further expression of our faith. That you cannot be a believer and say, I'm a believer, but I don't believe in the church. I'll worship on my own. No, worship, my friends, is corporate. That's where we're heading. And it needs to be part of our lifestyle today already. Not just come for a Sunday gathering, but be part of each other's lives. Worship in this context is, listen to this one. It's loud and enthusiastic. Some of you go, (laughs) that makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. That's fine. The Bible gives us an idea of what it's going to look like. So again, prepare yourself. And I'm not talking about rowdy just for the sake of making noise. I'm saying when we come before a king that's done everything that he's done, and we read Revelation 1 verse 1 that it says it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. When I come, become more familiar with who he is, I cannot just... When you, whatever, I don't know what would make you excited. Each one of you have something different perhaps. What will make you go wild. When your team perhaps in sport, when your child, I I, I went to cross country the other day um, of of the primary schools. I saw the, 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 the parents running up and down trying to encourage their kids and that's beautiful. But you know what? Can we bring that into context of worship? Can we start singing and praising our God with loud, in our hearts and enthusiasm and no limit and just jesus you deserve it all you are worthy of it all because he is and there are many things that i get excited you some of you can't because you don't support my team and i pity you um but I love it when my team wins. I'm not gonna go into detail because that's irrelevant. And I love that, but I gotta understand that my excitement about sport should never be more than my excitement about my king. Because what he's done is constantly brought victory. My team fails so many times. But my king is the all conquering one. We see that words are full. Our worship here is full of words. There's just so many words that they use to express unto him how they feel about him. And will not you just write down thoughts that you have about God. Let your worship be full of words. Meaningful words that come from your heart. We see in Revelations 4, verse, and by the way, there was words, there was music, and there was movement. <laughs> they used it all together to express unto their king what they felt about him. So let's be, let's act similarly. Let our worship be genuine because he's done a new thing. Let us have a genuine new song. It says in verse chapter 4 and verse 8 that it says, the word that I used earlier, or the sentence when we read, it says, might never cease to say, my, they never cease to say, holy, holy. So worship is repetitive and constant. They never cease to say unto the Lord, this is what I want to say about you. Never cease. To say. Let our worship not be dependent upon how we feel and about our on our circumstances, but on the character of God. And the more you know the character of God, the more constant and, and and stable and strong and meaningful will your worship be. But you see, we depend on we let our worship be dependent upon how we feel and our circumstances. And therefore our new song becomes an old song. We also see here, finally, that worship this is amazingly important. Worship is packed with the truth and a conviction of the truth. In those verses, we see first of all how in verse eleven, chapter four and eleven, they worship him as creator. Then five, verse nine, they worship him as a redeemer. It says there that you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God. And then it says later on, um, and you have made them a kingdom of priests to our God. They shall reign on the earth. He is a restorer. So you see in in, in this song that they sing, actually the four elements of, of the Bible. The four stories of the Bible. The Bible is broken up into creation, the fall, redemption, and restoration. And yet they recognize that God is the creator. And they recognize that somebody needed to be slain because there was a fall and sin. But they, in the same breath they say, redemption has come because our Redeemer is here. And then they also say, restoration comes through us being restored to what God had intended for us to be. And eventually the complete restoration will come when Jesus returns. So we see the gospel. We see biblical theological depth in what they say saying because they're aware of it. So the more you and I know the truth, the deeper our worship can be. And the more constant and real and meaningful our worship will be. But you see, we don't dive into the Word. And so our worship is limited to how we feel and how the situation around us may be. But the more you take time to spend in the Word of God and you become more familiar with the truth and you build a conviction about that truth, boy, oh boy, our worship will be something else. And so, this is our final destination. The worship of God. And it's not one day. It is today. It is right now. And there's nothing better to do today than to consider this new song we need to live with as we recognize this amazing new work that God has done for us. David, by the way, numerous times he writes about this. I want to take you to one. It's not on the board. Um, It's in Psalm Psalm chapter 40 and verse 3. He says the following. Love it. Psalm 40 verse 3. He says, he put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Why? Because he put a new song in my heart. There's a song in his heart that he's living, that he's singing, that he's expressing. And because of that, he says, many will see and fear the Lord because of what I'm carrying in my heart. I want to conclude this morning by asking this question. Just, Where does this new song come from today then for you and me? Where does it come from? Now just go through what we've read and encourage you to consider this. It comes from when we know and study the truth. It's not an emotional thing. It's not just well, I feel like it. My worship is now possible because I feel good. It's when I deliberately, intentionally take time to get to know and study the truth. Your worship, my worship, is directly dependent upon this, ladies and gentlemen. And and we we can come into our battle to worship. And the first thing that we need to ask each other is, okay, so how do you find your time in the Word? It's not a battle to sing songs. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying, how how is your worship? How is your adoration, your appreciation towards God like at the moment? If it's, I don't have the time, I don't have music to listen to, uh, circumstantial uh, stuff is just too difficult. I'm saying, let me just bring you back to your time in the Word. Nobody can do this for you. Something that you've got to do and make time for on your own. And this is one of those moments where we start feeling uncomfortable. And that's fine. And I'm not trying to sound harsh or judgmental or critical towards each one of us. I have to do this myself. I've got to make the time to get to know the truth so that my response to the knowledge of the truth is what he deserves. You are worthy of it all. The second thing I want to say to you where the song can come from is when we have faith in His ability. When we know that He's able and we put our faith in His ability and we say, I don't understand this. Lord, I have no idea how we're going to manage through this week, but I will not let my worship be dependent on the outcome of this week. But my worship already is established because I know who you are. But if I don't have knowledge, then where do I kind of... stabilize myself and worship him from when we firstly also thirdly how does this new song come about is when we express our appreciation for him it's just being thankful like they did it's like we see who you are we appreciate you we love you and a new song comes from our hearts the fourth thing that that we can do to bring the song, new song about is when we make worship a lifestyle and not an event. I can't wait for next Sunday because you know, then it won't be basically up on again but at least a buy-in will be live and praise the Lord for that. Then we will truly worship again and sure, thank you Jesus that that'll happen. So next week will be my worship moment again but in between I'm like, oh, I can't worship because uh, 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 all of these things. No, worship is not a, an event. Worship is a lifestyle. That's when our new song becomes real. When when we also connect with others who feel the same. And again, that's why they did it corporately. Worship is enhanced when you share your life with others. And you let their worship influence your worship and vice versa. And you learn about, how do you manage through this time? How do you cope? Oh, there's this and that. and Great, that'll help me in my worship. Another way is when we move beyond How comfort zones. Comfort zones are, this is how I've always done it. God says, it's a time for a new song to worship me. And worship me from the deep truth of who I am. And then there's no boundaries. There's no comfort zone. And we're going to keep on stretching one another. I'm not saying you've got to all come and dance up here. I'm just saying, move beyond your current comfort zone. Each one of you has a different comfort zone. Move beyond that. So that our worship will be authentic. The second last one is when we value the beauty of variety. When I say, here, it's beautiful to see this variety. That we're different, yet the same. And in that, I find great reason to worship my king. Tribe, nation, background, people group, whatever it may be. And then lastly, I want to say, this new song comes, comes about when we know that this is our destination and ultimate goal. Our destination is not a place, like Troutbeck Resort, but our destination, ladies and gentlemen, is a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. And today, that destination is already real for us to express our love for him, to enjoy him, to appreciate him. And so, therefore, a new song or worship is already possible today and it is where we go So, the best way to prepare yourself for heaven is to worship is to sing a new song is to declare his praises amen we're going to prepare our hearts now for another way of worshiping this beautiful amazing king of ours who has done so much as we Break bread and, and meet around the table. There's one there, one at the back, one in the front here. And, and this table is available for, for each one of you that carries a testimony in your heart that Jesus Christ is truly the Lord of your life. Because otherwise this is just a ritual if you don't. We don't want you just to come and break bread and drink of the cup because everybody else is doing it. It's not a exclusive to members of this church. It is open for everyone who understands that Jesus died for your sins. And subsequently to that, you have responded to that credible redemptive act and you've made it real in your life. And so this morning, if you are here today and you've never decided to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, we would love to help you. We don't want to push you to the side and say, you know what, you can't sing a new song. We want you to sing a new song with us. But there needs to be a decision made. And that decision is, I see the truth that without Christ, I'm a sinner. And that ultimately, if I don't make a a decision to take, go off the direction that I'm in, I could end up completely in darkness and separated from God eternally. So, if you are there, please come and speak to us and and ask us to help you. And we'd love to walk with you. And it's not just a quickly pray that does it. It's a decision that you need to make in your life, and we want to help you towards that. But for those of you who have made that decision. The tables are open. The opportunity is there for you to come and to partake of this. And I want us to to play a last song before you play it. This is a beautiful song. It was written a couple of years ago by a guy by the name of Ron Cannoli sang it. And it speaks so much about this um, that we've spoken about this morning. It's called The Ancient of Days, where he says, Blessing and honor, glory and power be unto the ancient of days. Every tongue in heaven and earth shall declare your glory. Every nation shall bow before you and, and make praises unto you. And I want us to, to break bread around that. All right? And so if you want to worship the Lord in that moment, breaking of bread is just not the solemn moment where we we'll go, quiet. Don't make a noise. No, it's like, look at the noise in heaven. As you peek into heaven, let heaven come to earth. That's what we pray, isn't it? Jesus, won't you? or will be done on earth as in heaven. He's like, okay. You want a bit of that here? Yes, Lord. Amen. So we're going to break bread around the ancient of days where we declare his praises. The words will be up there. You can dance around. You can spill the, the, the juice. I don't mind. I mean, it's not about the juice even. It's what is in your heart. That's most important. So let's worship our King with authenticity. Let a new song this morning. Father, I pray for that. I thank you that you are so real, that you are kind and you're forgiving and, and that you everything and more than what we read here in Scripture in terms of just these verses. We thank you that you're worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people, Lord God, for yourself, from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you've made us a kingdom And priests to you. And we shall reign on the earth. Because one day that's what you will restore. So Father I pray that as we break bread this morning. That we'll celebrate what you've done. And who you are. And go in and let worship be our lifestyle. And not just an event on a Sunday. I trust you for that Jesus. In your precious name I pray. Amen.